0: Our scripture reading this morning is from 1 Kings and from 1 Peter. We start in 1 Kings. Then Solomon assembled so the elders of Israel and all heads of the tribes, the leaders of all the ancestral houses of the Israelites, before King Solomon in Jerusalem, to bring up King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel, who had assembled before him, were with him before the ark. Then the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. And when the priests came on the holy place a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And then Solomon said, the Lord has said, If I would dwell in thick darkness, I will build you an exalted house, a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king
1: turned around and blessed all the assembly of Israel. While all the assembly of Israel stood, he said, Bless be the Lord, God of Israel, who with God's hand has fulfilled the promise to my father David, saying, since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city from any of the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there. But I chose David to be over my even heaven and highest heaven cannot contain you much less this house that i have built have regard your servant's prayer and display, o lord my god heeding the cry and the prayer that your servant prays to you today that your eyes may be open night and day toward this house the place of which you said my name shall be there that you may hear the prayer that your people to praise this place hear the plea of your people right towards this place oh here, heed and forget
0: and then from first peter rid yourselves therefore of all malice and all vile insincerity evil and all slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk so that thy may grow into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the lord To Jesus, a living stone,
1: though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And, like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. These are our sacred stories.
0: Perhaps you notice some rainbows here and there, down in the back on the cover of your bulletin, some rainbow flags. It's on purpose. <laughs> We're back in the sanctuary, back in the sanctuary building after a flood. While we are not Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. And so a rainbow is a sign of the covenant. Rainbow flags were placed all along our walkways here at Covenant in June, and that's what the picture on your cover is from. To show our pride and also our covenant, not just our covenant with God and each other, but also our covenant with our neighbors, our covenant of love and welcome. Covenants. The rainbow is a sign of covenants. that were not already at Baptist Church in town. He got to see before finding anything he liked. He suggested covenant. A motion was made, a vote was taken, and this new church had a name, covenant. From 1965 to 2000, our covenant ship docked in many ports. We found refuge at St. John's Episcopal first, but certainly not last we sailed all around the city from port to fort until an intrepid crew with a mighty vision decided that covenant needed to land in a permanent location not just to drop anchor but to stay for a while. And so they sent out doves and found this parcel. A building committee was formed and Kujanis in the end with Mary Lee Burris. And then the meetings began, and they met, and they met, and they met, and the whole church met, and discussed, and dreamed, and planned, and imagined a facility, a facility that Martha Murphy would say again and again, a facility that facilitates. Funds were raised, and work began. During the construction of this building, much like in our fellowship hall building, Prayers were written and included in the very foundations, the very walls. So our we're surrounded, we're surrounded by the prayers that were prayed and written all those years ago. We began worshiping here, and soon our small boat grew to include new members. We made this space our own while constantly being open to And baby dedications, home for choir concerts and magnificent displays in organ, home to children and youth-led services, home to worship leaders and proclaimers and worshipers, home to silly songs and games and stories of camp community, home to community gatherings and neighborhood events and all church meetings. This space, this home for us and home for God has helped us to remember and celebrate the lives of our loved ones after their deaths. It has helped us breathe together on all souls, all saints, and among the diminishing light of Tenebrae on Good Friday. This space, God's home, our home, has helped us to celebrate with Easter hallelujahs, and weddings, and covenant ceremonies, to dream of the creation of an additional building and then to see its realization. It has helped us to celebrate the work of committees, new mentor youth pairs, and the joy of being together. This space, this home for us, this home for God. The Bible offers many ideas about where God lives. At Mount Sinai, God gave Moses specific instructions concerning the building of the Ark of the Covenant. And of the tabernacle, the tabernacle you'll remember was a tent that the Ark stayed in. In the story, it's God's voice who says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell in your midst, according to all that I showed you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle, of all of its furniture, so you shall make it. And then later, God would provide a pattern for the temple as well. So Nancy, what did God give me a on the furniture for this? <laughs> <Right. laughs> the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant were mobile. Again, the tabernacle was a tent. They and God both traveled with the people through the wilderness and into the promised land. God's home moved as the people moved. And then David became king. David saw a disparity and wanted to fix it. David says, See now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the Ark of God dwells in a tent. So David dreamed of a temple. And today's surgery reading, King Solomon, David's sons, finally built a temple for God, the temple his father dreamed of building. Finally, the temple is finished. The story of the Ark of God is far from over, a lot of a lot. With the ark. You'll remember Lewis Garvin telling us some of the adventures of the ark heaven. The second temple was destroyed around 587 BCE, and people were taken into Babylonian captivity. The temple was destroyed, but what happened to the ark? What happened to God's home? <laughs> in rabbinic literature, the final location of the ark is disputed. Some rabbis hold that it must have been carried off to Babylon while others hold that it must have been hidden in the temple mount. Questions about the Ark are much more significant than the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments or Aaron's staff or the jar of manna, which were all placed in the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark was, in some mysterious way, the seat of God, the home of God. So if the Ark is gone, where is God's home? Rabbi Shlomo Yatschiki says, the entire people will be so imbued with the spirit of sanctity that God's presence will rest upon them. And home for us was not available to us even before the flood. We had stopped gathering together because of the global pandemic, and we met virtually. As we met virtually, and I offered proclamations from a bedroom or a study in my home, I reminded myself and each of us again and again that while we were not together and while we were not in this place, that we were the church. We were the sanctuary, a sanctuary spread all over the world. Both are true. God is here. God is here at 4949, and God cannot be contained, not in any place, not in any one person. Love, the divine, is in each one of us, and A home in my heart. Jesus's new dwelling was established just a few weeks after my own relocation. That move, while by no means the first of my own life, is the first I remember. I remember going from first grade, where story time seems to have been an central component of learning, to a new school where, as far as I was concerned, Seemed to ignore me. I remember meeting the new people at the new church and the new kids and the new Sunday school teachers and the confusing feelings of abandonment, of belonging, and exclusion, of welcome and rejection. So having moved yet again and began to settle down in my new home, I decided to make room in my heart for a home for Jesus. I was told that Jesus was standing at the door of my heart, not an invitation and Jesus would dwell within me and I would be a home for God. There was a lot of excitement for me walking the aisle and being baptized, but once the adrenaline being in front of everyone wore off, I couldn't tell much difference between the Lar before and the Lar after, between my regular six year old self and my new six year old home for God. Although I couldn't tell a huge difference in myself, I remember being relieved for poor Jesus. I had been sad that he didn't have a home. The popular image of Jesus standing at the door and knocking made me seen as it was really popular in my childhood. It always made me want to cry. Poor Jesus was standing there knocking outside of people's hearts hoping to be let in. Whether it was culture or compassion for an exhausted Jesus, I was glad to get him on We don't talk much here at Covenant about accepting Jesus into our hearts, and I think that's likely a positive change. It seems to carry with it the idea that the Divine is knocking at the heart and letting Jesus in. It seems to carry the idea that the Divine is only where invited. In my heart, because I asked, but not in yours because you didn't. We've progressed our language and our theology to talk about God as everywhere, as part of everything. Well, I think that's right, that God, who we sometimes name love, is all around us and in each one of us and in connections among us. I also think we might be missing some of the mystery of divine presence by not being intentional about making home for God. We've been intentional about this space, this space and the fellowship hall building, so many meetings, and so much work, we have sought to welcome, to love, to see divine mystery, to know that we are not alone, that we do not do the work of justice alone. Perhaps we could give divine mystery similar attention. I don't think God needs a special prayer or an invitation of only Jesus is standing outside the doors of our hearts knocking. I do think that God, love, divine presence, mystery, whatever we call the experience of welcome, a home of belonging, is here, in us and among us and through us. We are home for God and for each other, and this place is home for God and for us, both and. For damaged furniture, to pick wall colors, to garden, to teach, to change diverse to staple bulletins, to recycle, to compost, to just being here in this holy place with each holy person. We are the living stones, the sanctuary of God. We are the art of the covenant. Welcome. Amen. Um.